0: On DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: It is Tuesday, September twenty first, two thousand twenty one, season seventeen, episode number twenty five. Welcome to the latest edition of the Break Life from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, give me a twenty five. Oh, Junior Tadalatasi.
2: That is my favorite player, my favorite name of all time. He played the running back in nineteen eighty nine. I was about to say that was before my time. Junior I Tadalatasi. I mean that. That I just love the name.
3: I, I just love that you're like confidently and I assume correctly pronouncing it.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think like, so. I, I don't do know.
3: If that guy joined the team today, you'd be like, "I'm calling
2: you junior till you make the team." I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he, he, in '89, he, he. I mean, he was on the team, but I mean, that didn't mean anything. Everybody junior, was on the t- team. Tadellatasi.
1: Okay, yeah. it kind of yeah. rolls off the tongue. I kind of like, I kinda like
2: it. Yeah, anyway. I don't think he was a good player, <laughs> mm, but not. but you know, if you only played on the 1989 Cowboys and like no other team, yeah, and he might have played for the, I don't know. Maybe played for the Eagles. I don't know. But I'm just saying. You know, just because you played on the 89 Cowboys doesn't mean you're a great NFL player.
1: Was our guy Charlie Williams 25? He was. He also yeah. was 42. I like Charlie Williams. I wish he would have said 25 for Charlie because that's my dude. Like, I, like I haven't him. seen him in a long time. He used to come around a lot when cool we back dude. in Valley Ranch. I
2: like Charlie. i don't see him a but lot. But you yes. don't get many opportunities to say Junior, junior Charlie Latas. Good point. So played
0: just, for
3: the Eagles for three years. Yee. And 89 with the Cowboys was his final year in football. So he was four year a four-year pro. He's a fitting guy. He played for both of the teams that are playing this week. There we go.
1: Look at Nick. That's my dude. There we go. <laughs> All right, so we got a lot into we're that one. Talk about today. We got a lot we're going to talk about today. We actually are going to uh, the yesterday. The uh, Cowboys gave us an opportunity. Uh, the media gave us, I mean, gave the media the opportunity to talk to the coordinators, offense, defense, and special teams. There were some things that came out of those press conferences that I thought we'd uh, dissect today. Uh, we're going to start first with the offense. Kellen Moore. I was looking at some of the numbers uh, through two games, and obviously let's put this in context. It's two games. This is not what you are for the season. It's just two games, but it does give us a little bit of an indication on some things. Right now the Cowboys' offense is fourth in total offense. They're seventh in rushing offense, sixth in passing offense. Here was the part that was interesting to me. They're 14th in points scored. Um, Why do you think they're so much... Uh, lower in the amount of points that they're scoring relative to the the number of yards that they're getting both overall and pass and, and rushing. Well, they sucked out loud in the red zone in week one. I
3: think that's and and then so I'm pointing it. It was my red drink. Oh, thank you. Red, sorry. red I was zone. I was. I was like, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm just going to answer the question. Sorry, um, <laughs> Nick's on another one today. If yeah, you for real. Like
4: he, he's oh, he's on
1: one today. That's good.
3: That's good. I like the energy. Keep going, Dave. They were awful in the red zone in week one, and then week two was a very um, shortened game. For one thing, the Cowboys only had seven possessions. They only made it into the red zone three times. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's the main culprit,
1: if I had to guess. How do they get better?
2: They, you know, don't play as good a defense as the Bucks and <laughs> maybe the Chargers. I mean, you know, last year, if you think about it, you know, they won a couple games, and and, and then the knock was they haven't beaten any team with a winning record and all that. Okay, that stuff's out the window. They've played two good football teams, I think, and, you know, they've won one of them, had a chance to win the other one, had a chance to lose this one. So, I mean, it, it evened out but i think you know the competition will won't be as good and i think that they'll they're getting their pieces back too i mean they they're figuring this thing out on offense i don't know if lyle collins helps a lot more I, obviously he's better so he'll come in and they'll they'll just be kind of a, a well-oiled machine i think that they'll you know figuring out things in the red zone with pollard and and you know, because think about it, the Pollard touchdown mm-hmm. I think helped the Zeke touchdown. You know, I mean, I just think when you're showing things wide like that, then you can run up the middle. So, I, I think that they're going to be fine. I think that I saw some encouraging things out of
1: the red zone uh, this last week. You mentioned the the Chargers, and and I think we all agreed, even last week, we agreed that they are a good team. I started thinking about in context and. I, I'm still kind of torn on where I think they are relative to other teams in the league, and specifically even in their own division. If I had to put them in order, I think they're probably the third best in their own division. Uh, I would say the Raiders and the Chiefs are probably better teams at this point, but I don't know that for sure. And Denver is 2-0. We don't know what they're going to yeah. turn out to be. I don't think they're that great, but I think obviously they're 2-0 and right uh-huh. now. Do you do you think when it's all said and done that because you got to go through that division? Um, do you think that that's going to be a, a really tough road for the Cowboys if that's the th- if they end up being the third best team in that division for the Chargers? You mean? Yeah, I'm talking about the Chargers. Yes, I think
2: they're going to go as far as as Herbert's development takes them. You know, I mean, he 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 has it all in terms of you know just how good, strong, all that stuff, but he makes some some bad decisions in the red zone too you know he's had I think they've had three turnovers in the red zone in their first two games that probably you know that cost him a win there could have cost them another one so um, if he continues to make you know develop and all that he's got all the tools He'll, I think he'll, you know, if he, if he if he gets a big jump in his development, I think then they can probably be the second best team in that division.
3: I think for all the jokes we make about the Cowboys, I think the Chargers are one of the more uniquely snake bitten teams in, in, in the NFL. Like it seems they always have a good roster, and like they've had years. It was a while ago at this point. It was when Rivers was still closer to his prime, but they were like best in the league in offense and defense, and finished with a losing record. They were good last year and finished seven and nine. And then two years ago. Like the very last good year of Rivers' career, they went 12 and four and they upset the Chiefs and looked like they were going to make a run. So, I guess my point is I think they've had a better roster than their record implies the vast majority of the last f- decade, probably. Well, and the, the, the key is they've had a quarterback for yeah. a long time, which is not what most franchises can say. They've got a worse record in one score games over the last few years than the Cowboys do, which is something to think about. Um, I don't know. I don't. That's a college football thing for me. I don't care. Like, I don't know if I think the Raiders are better than the Chargers just because they're 2 and 0 right now. And it doesn't really matter. You just win the games in front of you. I think. Well, all but, those
1: teams are going to be in front of you. I mean, no, that's kind of part of the. But the point. I
3: guess my point is I, I'm not concerned about the quality of this win in terms of, like, how good are the Chargers? I do know they had their offense at close to full health. They didn't have their right tackle, but they have a very nice receiving core. And. One of the better quarterbacks they're going to play this year. I feel confident saying that. Mahomes is better. Um who else do they have to play this year?
1: They uh, Brady. Brady was better. Right, Brady. But like it.
3: one of the five I was gonna say
1: the yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with ones I think are better than this. One game.
3: of the five best quarterbacks on the
2: schedule they just mm-hmm. beat. Well
3: that's, we, that's huge.
2: We ranked it back in you know, the summer. Yeah.
1: We're We're
3: like, all having.
2: I think he was fourth or fifth. Okay. Um Matt Ryan. Some people view him better just because of, you know, he's a good quarterback. They don't have veteran. a ton of weapons, yep. veteran. He's a former MVP. Uh, there's also a former MVP that's not on a roster right now. So, I mean, that doesn't always good mean point. anything. But. Okay.
3: I'm, I have the schedule in front of me. I don't have to guess at this anymore. I'm just looking at it. Uh, Mahomes, obviously. Brady obviously. Brady obviously, and then you can depending on how you feel, you could argue Kyler Murray and Derek Carr. And really, I only and throw Kyler Murray's
1: better than Derek Carr in my
3: opinion. No, I'm yeah. just oh, no, I'm than saying Herbert. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I only even threw Carr in there because he's on fire right now. Yeah. Like going right. into the season, we I would have, have been that. like, Justin Herbert's way better than. Yeah. He's Kyle. having a good Ryan. games. Yeah. Ryan Cousins. No, I'll take Herbert over both
1: of those guys. I, I would I'm not. Too, yeah. Not even hesitating. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so, he's right up there. Some of the and that, again, you can a lot of times you can tell the quality of the team by the quality of the quarterback. I, so I, I know this has lot. been
2: t- discussed probably before. I, I just kind of thought of it when you're talking about the right tackle out. You think Parsons lines up the, a defensive end if Belaga's out there? Belaga and Slater. You think you think that they they decide to do that because if if Belaga is better than Slater then nobody was really going to be getting a lot of pass rush. That's a good question. I, I didn't even think about it until you just said they were playing without their right tackle. And I was like, man. Because, I mean, I, he kind of worked that guy in the second half. Honestly, I Storm
3: think... Norton was what people thought Terrence Steele was going to be.
1: There's yeah, no right. doubt about that. I, I think they would have still done it because I think they did it not because they wanted to. They did it out of necessity, Yeah, personally. So I think they would have still had the same need to do it, and they still would have done it. It's a great point,
3: though, because – and that's why, and there's there's already a lot of talk about like maybe Micah should just play yeah. end until until Demarcus Lawrence comes back. And I'm like I don't know, if De, I don't know if Micah wants the smoke with Lane Johnson on Monday. At least not
2: forty times well, like he got on Sunday. And I I think and Dan Quinn put out you know made a good point when he we talked about it uh, yesterday that it's it's not you know seventy snaps you can play seventy snaps at linebacker. You can't play 70 snaps at defensive end either the the pass rushing the, the going every the physical beating that it takes to rush the passer and get up there now i mean this is going to sound dumb but i mean i guess it on the offensive side it's different you know because you're not rushing up the field or whatever mm-hmm. chasing guys around so but, but basically what he's saying is is that he can only play a limited amount of snaps if you're going to play defensive end. And linebacker, he'll probably be on the field a lot more. Maybe so, all the time. Yeah. All the time. But he, he said this week, he said we, we moved him for this week. He said he's going to be a really good linebacker for us. He didn't sound like he wanted to make this full-time switch.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get back to that. I want to get okay. to that, and we'll talk about that when we get into the defensive side. I did have one more question for you guys regarding offense. Something Kellen Moore said to me kind of stuck out. He or said in, in the press conference that stuck out to me. He said – they want to aggressively take what the what the uh, defense gives them. Um, and I thought it was interesting because it wasn't just like you hear all the time, take what they give you. He said, we want to aggressively take it, and Uh I was like, okay, so what does that really mean? Uh, But the question I have for you guys is, do you like this approach better than having a specific identity that the team goes into? You know, a lot of teams, you kind of know going in, they are a running team, they're going to pound you, or they are a passing team, they're going to air it out. And, And for those teams, they do it really, really well, and even though you know it's coming, you can't stop it. Do you think that's better than just having the type of team where you can morph every week and you can try to do both? And by the way, you may not be as great as those teams who do one thing extremely well, but you have two things you can do pretty good. Isn't that an identity? Maybe. That's an
3: identity that you're like, we have studs everywhere and we will do whatever you think hurts less and we'll hurt you at it. I, I love it. I mean, I've talked about it a lot already this season, but I think that's an identity unto itself is... You know, people are all up in arms that the running game really wasn't a part of the week one game plan because Tampa is amazing at it. By the way, the Falcons threw the ball 50 times week two, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, People know the book. Bu- the book is out. Not obviously not on beating Tampa. They're two and zero. But <laughs> why are you going to bother running into a brick wall? It's a yeah. waste of time. So Cowboys come right back. And you got to keep up with point. By the way, Chargers yeah. are famous. Mm-hmm. And not their Chargers aren't famous. Brandon Staley is famous for playing with a light box, and so they run for two hundred yards as a team. Um, and I, th- I I did love that quote from Kellen because it's kind of an oxymoron, right? But I think that just means. We're gonna take what you give us, but we're still going to be creative and and try to be explosive and make big plays. You know whether that's uh, the goofy swinging gate formation with the three offensive linemen, mm-hmm. um, or you know Dak took one deep shot, it wound up getting intercepted. So could argue maybe that wasn't the best idea, but they tried it. Um, handing off to C.D. Lamb. I mean they made aggressive calls within the flow of the game, mm-hmm. uh, but it was within the context of what is what are the Chargers presenting us. Yeah, Tyron
2: Smith, Terrence Steele split out left like that. Like <laughs> I liked it personally.
1: I liked I it too.
3: Loved it.
2: Yeah. I didn't like the second down play I, of it, I like the second one. Too.
1: I was fine with that too because I, you know, I mentioned it in when week one he did a similar thing. He did something yeah. kind of unconventional, and and then he came back later in that same tribe and tried to use the same kind of unconventional concept, but did something different with it. And it ended up being a big game for them downfield to C.D. Lamb. This game, he tried to do the same thing. They they did yeah. the, the they it, they took a concept, they used it early. No, I liked and it. then they tried to lure. Them I liked in the it too. Side. I
2: just think Dak made a. a A bad decision there because he he said, I'm going to throw it way out here for a four-yard loss. He threw it out here. CD versus Derwin James in the open field. That's probably not a favorable matchup in a one-on-one. Um, but, I, but, but but I mean, the best part is, is you're going to play off of that and you're going to see it yeah. again. And then, you know, sooner or later, Tyron Smith's going to go out for a pass. And, you know. Here we go. I don't know that. Oh, <laughs> God. I hope. I don't a know slant. about that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know this. That's for a sure, possession but. receiver right there. <laughs> right.
3: Zeke, Zeke ran like a Texas route on that play, and Kenneth Murray is a really good player and just played it really well. And it, it looked to me like Dak kind of pumped in the direction of Zeke and was like, that's covered. That's but great. that's what he wanted. If it hadn't been well covered, it was Zeke had 20 yards between the linebacker and the but, safety. And so yeah. maybe Dak could have thrown that away instead of throwing it to CD, but I
2: like the aggressive. But you know what's going to happen off of that? I think I think you can do this. I know you can in college. Just wait for that. I'm probably – I mean, I'm not giving away any game plans here, but you put the tackles out wide like that. You can put guards out there. Mm-hmm. They're gonna sneak a tight end like a Jarwin or something on the line, mm-hmm. and he will go out there because you, you just can look at it like center and two guards, and it's like, well, they're you know they're the linemen. One of those guys can be eligible though. I believe I know you can do that in college. I don't know if you can do it in the NFL, but you just kind of you'll get used to seeing it. You'll get used to seeing these guys. And it'll be one of these guards right up the middle that's going to go.
1: And going back to your original point on that, I, I don't know that like under those circumstances, if Zeke's covered and that's what you really wanted, I don't have a hard. I, I'm not. I don't think it is a bad decision rather than throwing it away to give your guy CD an opportunity to beat a guy in the open field. I don't care who he is. I, I know Duran James is a good safety and he has the ability to tackle in the open field. But C.D. Lamb also can make guys miss. He also can get off to break tackle. So for me, I'm like, give it a 50-50 chance that he actually makes a play out here in the open field and see what you can do. It ended up not working for them, but I love the the nature of the call. I love what they were trying to do there. If you watched
3: last night, and Devontae Adams is an amazing receiver, but yeah. he catches a lot of passes within a yard of the line of scrimmage, and they trust him to beat his man, and he does a lot. And. Yeah. Yeah, I trust CeeDee Lamb to make a guy miss more often than not, but Derwin James is a hell of a
1: player. Right, That's and it football. happens sometimes. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball. Nick kind of teed it up for us. We will talk about uh, Parsons and what they think of Parsons. And my question for you guys will be, is Parsons the second-best defensive end, or I should say pass rusher, not defensive end, second-best pass rusher on this team? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is Cowboys.com Radio.
4: It's not complicated. At AT AT&T,
3: our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit ATT.com for details.
0: Back to the break.
2: Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is back for another exciting season. Don't miss new episodes every Friday at 9, 8 central, only on CMT.
1: Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Life from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I just saw this uh, this tweet. This actually may have come out a little earlier, but uh, I just saw that uh, Nick Ceriani, the uh, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, confirmed that Brandon Graham, their defensive end, his season is over uh, after suffering an injury last week. We'll talk about that more tomorrow, but that's, that's a really, really, really big thing for the Eagles with the Cowboys uh, coming up. Yeah. Uh, that's Probably, probably their best defensive player, if not their best among their best defensive players. Definitely their best pass rusher. So uh, that'll be huge for the Cowboys, uh, especially
2: again. Once what, again, what, on what the... do they say? Uh, what do the kids say? Fletcher Cox has entered the chat. Is that what they say? On <laughs> yeah. Well, something that's, like that? that's always going to be a challenge. But good. no, I mean, when you say he's their best defensive player, it's like, well, good point. Yeah, yeah
1: good point. Good point. Um, but I do think that's something to, to keep an eye on. That's something to note uh, with the Cowboys uh, this week. Again, Baron, uh, the we, we would assume Terrence Still is going to be the starter again this week, so that'll be a little interesting to see who they're going to put out there uh, that he'll face I up mean, against.
2: You gotta, let's talk about Terrence Steele real quick. I know we're going back to defense, but yeah. but about this matchup, I mean, you know, the Cowboys aren't going to get credit for that, but if he does turn out to be, you know, a pretty good option here, good, good backup you got to give the the, the Cowboys, not only Joe Philbin, offensive line coach, for working with them, but also last year they stuck with them, and we were all like, why? Why are they doing this? And they didn't have a lot of options, but they were also building it for down the road. Like, let's just keep working with him, working with him. And he looked like a guy that was a little bit more polished and not overwhelmed by the situation in the game. And so, you know, I mean, they – They stuck with him last year, and I think for at least one game, it it paid off. There's something
1: to be said for them or coaches seeing something in a player and saying, okay, this is a young guy, we see traits that we can develop, and we're going to develop them, and then seeing that work out. It doesn't work all the time. But in this instance, you're right, it may end up being something that works out for them. I'm not ready to say it's there yet. I am willing to say that last week he certainly showed us more than he showed us last week last year, which means he's getting better.
2: I think Brandon Knight was a better tackle last year.
1: But early, I think so. I don't think by the end of the year. No, I know. But
2: I mean I think just better, you know, he was a better tackle. He he came in and did a better job. But I think he he had more of a ceiling at tackle. Terrence Steele had a bigger ceiling and they're like, We're just gonna go with it, go with it, even though, you know, you gotta go two steps back to kind of go forward. and We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. We'll see. I mean, he, he, had, a, he had a nice game. He's going to
1: have to keep doing it, though. Yeah. I, I will say this. I After we talked about it yesterday on the air, I went back and watched some of that game uh, on replay. Still can't get the all 22 yet, but I was able to watch at least a, a little bit more of him. Um, and one thing I did notice, they, they, they did give him a lot of opportunities where he was out there by himself. But it seemed like a lot of those times were when they were getting rid of the ball quick. There were a few times when he got beat, but they were quick, kind of. They were quick throws, so it didn't end up hurting them. Yeah, um, and they tended to give him help when they wanted more. You know, plays that developed a little, needed more time to develop. They tend to give him a little more help. But overall, as I watched him, I, there were some plays where I was really impressed with him in the run game. He was there was some plays he was like throwing guys around. Yeah, I mean a few like pancakes. Yeah, he he was playing some good football in the run game. So yeah. again, he's better than he was last year and that's all you can ask from a player is are you getting better every week and I think he is. Yeah. I think there's I just think of it as
3: two lines of conversation and it's weird to think about now cuz it's ancient history but in that 5 week stretch before Dak got hurt I was like oh, y'all are being stubborn like Zach Martin might give you the best chance to give Dak the best chance to win without these tackles and then once Dak got hurt I was like yeah play the, Whatever. Play <laughs> the young guy who needs to develop who gives a damn I'm like sorry <laughs> Andy I, so once it got to that point I was like yeah play him get him all the experience he needs but there was a window where I was like I'm not convinced y'all are doing everything you can to help the quarterback yeah. Yeah. Um, but right now it has paid off because they got all of that time to play
2: him. If, so. if um, you know, when Lyle does come back, they're probably going to be in the best situation that they've been in, knock on wood, but for an offensive line in a while. When you think about Steele as the backup uh, for both sides, and he's played a lot of games. Connor McGovern as a swing guard who also can play some center for you. Then he, Brandon Knight, a guard who can play some tackle. And I'm not even throwing in in sec-y. I want to see kind of what happens with, yeah. with that and Farniok and all that but you've got young experience that has played and started in games yeah. that's that's With with flexibility, position flex. That was all through the summer.
3: It was like if Terrence Steele can make a year two leap, then it's going to mean a lot for this offensive line. And it's only one game, but it's
1: a hell of an encouraging game. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the defense. Uh, Dan Quinn talked to the media yesterday. My question I came out of it with is, and Nick, I I mentioned this to you. We were looking at his stat line, uh, Michael Parsons. He had one sack. He had two tackles. He had four uh, quarterback hits. Dave, you said you saw, and I didn't see it on, on my stat sheet, but you said you saw somebody credit him I with think, eight quarterback pressures. I think it was PFF. Um, that all being said, like that stat line, if you just saw that stat line for any defensive end in the NFL, you would say he had a really good week. That being said, my question for you is, absent uh, Tank Lawrence, is he the best pass rusher that this team has right now? Um. Uh, I'm not now remember, re- he did that on two days of practice, two days of notice. Yeah, not ready to say that until I've had more of a chance
3: to see Randy Gregory. I, okay,
1: yeah, but I think
2: I think he's going to be either second or third best pass rusher, and he doesn't have to line up at defensive end to do that. Right. So yeah, I,
1: I, that's why I was careful not to course, say defensive end. Yeah. Of
2: course, I think I think he's a really good pass rusher. We saw that. That's one thing that just jumped off the tape in college is that these guys couldn't block him, and competition was going to get better. But they, he just has a way of kind of. You know, knifing through and around people. So, and he did that, and he got better as the game went on, and figured that out. And he said, the competition will get better too. But um we talked eight to, pressures.
3: That's what they said.
2: We, I mean, sounds about right. But especially, he, that, especially uh, all, that second half, all I'm back saying there a lot is D. Law. I mean, at the end of the season, 45 pressures is was like really good. 45 mm-hmm. for a season. So. I don't I'm know not good at math. I don't know what they there. do on,
3: on Bolt Talk Weekly or whatever they call it. I'm talk taking weekly. I'm taking next joke. Talking bolts. But talking bolts. I bet they'll be hanging with the bolts. I bet they'll be talking about Storm okay. Norton. What's wrong with that? Yeah, sounds good. I bet they'll be talking about Storm Norton the way we talk about Chaz Green for a while. If I had to guess. Wow. I mean I know he didn't it was give up that seven. Big. He oh. annihilated <laughs> him. I know I mean he, he, didn't, did, give up, he didn't give up that many he sacks. He didn't so. give up six sacks. Yeah. But I mean he, Micah Parsons wrecked the Chargers Game plan in the second half. I mean, you just—you're still thinking of talk show names. No, because no, his name was Storm.
1: Oh, got yeah. it. Sorry, sorry. Um, Storm on the <laughs> on the Chargers. Like that's actually a great name to fit for the team. He might not be there like, much longer. Once I mean, <laughs> once Dan Quinn. Is he graphic? What was his deal? I don't know. You don't know anything I, about. I think the, he's like a veteran guy that's like just kind of filling in for a hurt guy. I don't like know who he is, but Mike. Once they gave up on trying to rush him
3: against. Rashawn Slater. I mean, he just—it wasn't as bad as Chaz Green. That's—it's yeah. not. It he went to a bad, whole different but level. But he—I mean, he was in the backfield every other snap. He, was. he really was, and they definitely got away with holding him two or three times. They're
2: going to be good. They're going to be good if Belaga comes back and and slows that down because Keenan Allen and and Mike Williams and, and of course. Jared Cook. I mean, Cowboy fans are tired of seeing that guy. Like Jared Cook. Like jeez. pops up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like he goes to different teams. He still makes and it's plays. It's always teams that the Cowboys are
1: playing. Yeah. Big games. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Parsons. Yeah. Parsons. I like think we already talked about.
2: Uh, no. I mean, I thought we were, I was going back.
1: To okay. Yeah. We're back to Parsons. But but actually, I wanted to move on from Parsons. Okay. Dallas right now is 28th in uh, in sacks. 29th in pressures. Um, the how how can they get more pressure than what they've gotten to this point? Because obviously we talked about that stat line for Parsons. Uh, but really you look across the other guys that are rushing the passer, I don't know that they're getting enough pressure. Now we know week one, you're playing a quarterback that gets rid of the ball extremely quickly. Do you think it's just who they face to this point, or do you think it's like this is a problem, they gotta figure out how to get more pressure? I mean it's a little bit of
3: both. Yeah. They I mean these have both been matchups where you're going to be hard pressed brady gets bit rid of the ball super quickly and i mean justin herbert they might have sacked him six times if he wasn't such a freak and i like he's not in he's not sneaky athletic like the classic euphemism for a white quarterback like he is athletic he is huge and fast and can get away from pressure and that's what i mean that's what made micah's sack so impressive was that he still got to him yeah um so i mean that's a hard guy to get on the ground um not, and, probably not going to get a lot easier. Week three, by the way, Jalen Hurts, yeah. um, and then and then you, I mean, you don't, you didn't have either of your best guys. That's maybe it's a homer answer, but I, I'm just like, well, how much do you want them to do without either of the big guys that they
2: expected to rush the passer this season? You know, I mean, right now you say who are the two best quarterbacks they faced? I mean, obviously they faced two, Brady and Herbert. In six weeks, that's still going to be the answer. You know, the best receivers they faced are Mike Evans. And Keenan Allen and Godwin and Antonio Brown and in six weeks, the best receivers they're going to face are probably going to be those guys, and then maybe a uh, Kenny Galladay if he can calm down. When I love how Kenny Galladay said I wasn't yelling at Daniel Jones, oh, I, was that's that's at I, was like, I was yelling at Garrett. Who I was <laughs> yelling at? I was like, oh, okay,
1: cool. <laughs> that was um, to me. Yeah. But. I, mean, I don't think I've ever heard a, a player come out and, and say, No, I wasn't yelling no, at him. No, not you. I was yelling him coach. at like him. It was a coach. coach I was yelling yeah, at. And me.
3: everybody was like, Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I would yell at Jason Garrett, too.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, th- they face some really good. Pl- I mean, I'm not saying the Eagles don't have talent because cause, uh, Hertz is a different kind of beast. I mean, he's, yeah. he's running back. He can be a challenge. can throw, yeah. and he can throw. I'm not saying he, he's not a quarterback because that 80 yard pass to Daniel. Um, Deshaun Jackson last yeah. year, I was like everybody was like, oh, uh oh, like he this had could a be a deep problem. In this
1: last game, didn't he? I haven't seen the. He can games. sling I think, it. I think somebody told, I think I read somewhere he had like a sixty or seventy yard pass this last. It was like they say that was probably the only great play they had. But he's a lot like Dak to me.
2: He really is. Yeah. This the the tra, you know the tra trajectory of his career. I think is very similar. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have doubters, but you're like, you know what? He just kind of goes in and does well in games. He can figure it out, and he'll yeah. figure it out, and. You know, if he figures it out before the coordinators figure him out, then you know I think I think he's going to be a really good player. It could be a problem for this team, but I still think they face the best receivers and quarterbacks they're going to face in the first month or two.
3: To get back to your, I guess, the question, which is something that I think about, and I wonder if Dan Quinn will change it. They have not blitzed much yet and as impressive as Micah looked as an edge rusher i'm look i look at that closing speed and i'm like this guy love it send him through the a gap yep and the, even a guy like jalen hurts he might have the closing speed to get to him and yep. that's that is an element that i want to see and it's why i you know people are talking about moving him to end and i'm not about it at all especially in a matchup against better tackles than what the chargers had out there on the right side not saying he shouldn't do it at all he absolutely should but that's the fun of a guy like this he should be doing a little bit of everything and he keeps answering the bell so just keep
2: putting more on his plate if he if he's if he shows that he can handle it why stop you know i want i want to see you know with with a guy like brady you know, he, you're not gonna really confuse him, you know. But he's seen it all. But uh, he sees it in his sleep. But you know, these guys coming up here, and even Herbert, you know, confuse him a little bit. They confused him. If you go back and watch some of those, they did a nice job of kind of showing blitz, backing off. He was he was kind of making the wrong read, wrong decision there. So I want to put Parsons up the middle on the A gap. I want to put him at the end. I want to. I want. I want Hurts looking for him. Daniel Jones and Mac Jones Mm and uh, Darnold, you know, who's coming up here. I mean, he's sort of a veteran. But I'm just saying, just
1: show Parsons at all spots. And whatever point they can have one of these dominant or both of these dominant, well, well, the most dominant pass rushers that the Cowboys have at defensive once I can get those guys back, and now... Teams start looking for Parsons, and he lines up on one side, and they slide protection to that side, and now you've got that frees up a guy on the other side to now have a one-on-one. That's where it, you really start hitting. That's some, what it some
3: means to call him a queen on the chessboard. Yeah, like, exactly. People that just want a rook. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Sorry. No, that was <laughs> that <is> actually good. <laughs> which actually I was about to I was about to call him a rook, not in the punny way. Yeah. I was like, if you just want to move him to end, you're just creating a rook. You're just a guy that goes straight to <laughs> right. the quarterback, which he's good at. But yeah. you you want him to be as three dimensional as possible. Wow, I can't get over that. that, was, <laughs> that was no, but that's but
1: that's the point. Like he's too good and too versatile for you to just put him at defensive end. You really want to put him everywhere, and you want to make defenses have to account for the fact that he can line up anywhere, and they're going to have to account for him. And wherever he lines up, that's just one more thing they got to prepare for, one more thing they got to do every time they come to the line of scrimmage is figure out where he is and try to adjust to that. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk some about the special teams. John Fossil had something to say yesterday about that decision uh, to try to go and get that punt. We'll tell you what he had to say, and we want to get some opinions from and you we'll, guys on we'll that. And we'll
2: tell you what Jerry Jones said about it as well today. Awesome. We'll do
1: it we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Stetson hats are still American made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash Cowboys. Back to the break.
2: Football season is definitely here. That means it's time for some new gear. That rhymed. Just head to the Pro Shop, your official store, Cowboys Nation. Score some classics like your favorite player jerseys, tees, and hats, plus exclusive co- exclusive collections and the unique exclusive, accessories. Exclusive. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or online shopdallascowboys.com.
1: Welcome back to the second, the final segment of the break, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we are talking about the coordinators. They met with the media yesterday. We got to talk about special teams. John Fossil said something in his press conference yesterday that made me raise my eyebrows, and I'm sure it probably did for a lot of people out there. Uh, when asked about the decision to, what they, their decision was uh, as far as a situation where uh, the Cowboys went uh, and, and got called for roughing the kicker on a punt, um, his response was, and I'll read it, And uh, this was the quote. He says, I think Cowboys fans aren't the play-it-safe type. I was going to give them what they wanted. Hope they are happy. They're not, and, they're and not well, happy. But, but let's slow down just a bit. I, I kind of want to take it back first and, and explain like what happened on that play. Did, what did he say happened? What was the decision, and how did they get to that point of even having guys uh, that end up in rolling into the, the punter? I think it goes way back
2: before that. This guy wants to be involved with everything. Okay. He does not this isn't the third phase of it. He wants to be involved. That's look at him at training camp. He's got the referee shirt on. He's got the whistle. He's I mean, he's got a mic, he's yelling. He he wants to be aggressive. Sort of fake punts and all this stuff. He can't just sit there and just and just let the game go to him. He's trying to dictate the game and I think Mike McCarthy, they they give him a little too much too much leeway on it. Um, you, there's no reason to rush the punt right there. Yes, you could block it, but the way Dak and them are moving the ball, they can move the ball. Don't take the ball out of Dak's hands. He's the best player on the team mm-hmm. right now. So that that was just the, like Dave said yesterday. Risk reward. It's not there. Did they did they kind of block him into it? Maybe, but that's not a review a reviewable play. You know, Dave said all this yesterday, and I totally agree. That that ref is looking. Does the punter does the punter get hurt? Does he get hit? A. B. Does he go to the ground? Yes, wow, that's fifteen yards. No doubt about it. That's all they care about. It's the same. And if you
3: if a guy comes anywhere near a quarterback below the knee, the same flag's going to fly regardless. regardless of the nick, and guess what? You can get thrown into the quarterback by his offensive tackle, and the
2: refs don't care. And they're going to they'll block a punt this year. They'll block a punt. You think so? Yeah, probably. They haven't done it in years. They, they, well, I mean, if they're if they're rushing like this, I mean, they probably will. They'll block one. But is it? Is it gonna be worth it at the end of the day? Like is it is And it... I'm I'm glad you mentioned that and I brought it up
3: yesterday. Week one, Pittsburgh did block a punt. It was a game changing block. They scored a touchdown off the scoop yeah. and score, helped them upset the Bills. Pittsburgh's offense sucked in that game. Mm-hmm. They could not move the ball. Big Ben looks washed as hell. You know who looks great? Dak. Dak and the <laughs> Cowboys offense. You know what I'd rather have? The ball at the 20 or 25. I don't remember. Do you remember where CD Fair caught it before it got moved back? I want to say
1: it was like around the 10 or 15, but I don't know. I might be wrong.
3: It's a long field. Yeah. I don't care. They had already
1: scored fourteen and points. And by the way, it's too, it's. Uh, I think at that point they were going to be down like two minutes left. They and had a half. minute
3: fifty three to play, and yeah. they would have had two timeouts to work with. So probably most likely, getting field goal. you're getting you're points. getting a
1: field. Goal. You're getting points, or you're not giving them the ball back. One of the two. But either way, nothing bad comes from that,
3: right? And I think I think that was just John Fossil's way of kind of being funny about like, well, I, I thought y'all want us to be aggressive. And Yeah, don't. And you I want do. I want you to be aggressive,
1: but not reckless. And I think that was reckless. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I think it even goes back to last year. There were some decisions that were made, and yeah. a lot of decisions yeah. are revolving faking around a, special teams. Faking a punt
3: on your own twenty in a Thanksgiving game that you're still in on fourth and ten. No, not yeah. even that's reckless. Right. Going for. You know what? We haven't mentioned one freaking time was when they went for it on fourth down in the first half what um, yeah. I'm looking at that right now yeah turnover on downs and fourth and five on the other side of the field that's aggressive
2: doing it on your own 20 is reckless well also also. If you're gonna go for it, see I don't I don't think that the special teams in this team, I don't think special teams has to be aggressive at all. You do not have to be aggressive. You don't really have to run a lot of fake punts unless you just absolutely see something that will work, go for it. But the Chris Jones pass to CJ Goodwin on fourth and five that they threw it down and he dropped it. Well, your punter is throwing to a cornerback who can't get on the field as a cornerback. Why don't we just let Dak throw it to to Amari? Different coverage, probably, but I'll take my chances. Now, that fourth and five, I hated that because he ran a 14-yard route when the guy was off of him. Get to the sticks. Seven yards, stop, that's pitch and catch all day. They ran a 14-yard route and went low. That didn't make sense to me, but either way, I just don't think this is a team that needs to be aggressive because if you want to really go for it on fourth down, get your Pro Bowl quarterback throwing to your Pro Bowl receiver with Pro Bowl blockers in front, not You know, who's the punter? Anger throwing it to Goodwin Mm. with, you know, Jabril Cox blocking up front. I'm not all the way. I agree with you for the most
3: part, but I do. I kind of like knowing that that's in their bag of tricks, and we know for a fact that teams are going to change the way they play the yeah. Cowboys because mm-hmm. of Fossil's reputation. I think that gives you something, and and I they'll steal a possession or maybe even score points
2: because of that at some point. Punter's, this season. punters want to play for him yeah. because because their their net average is going to be outstanding Which, because everyone's worried about a fake, so they just punt it up high, fair catch, and that's it. I mean
3: the 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 fake against Pittsburgh last year was incredible, and that's that was fun, and I I like knowing that that has the potential to happen on any Mm -hmm. given Sunday but
1: I just this I don't think this was the time for that call yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. I, when it comes to the whole nature of it being, you know, reckless versus something that that's just aggressive, I like the aggressive mindset because I do think there will create you'll create opportunities for yourself. And if nothing else, it, you know, you give a team that much more that they have to prepare for on a right. given week, and you only got so much time in the week. So if you give them a little extra that they got to deal with, what else are they neglecting to to spend time on in order to make sure they spend time on that? So I, I do like that. Yeah, I just think there are times it's, when. The, the timing just not right. This opens up
2: another discussion, but but to me, fifteen yard penalties that are automatic first downs uh, need to be re- reviewed. In my opinion, And a play like that needs to be reviewed because that is a turnover, really. And um, you know, I'm not saying it was. It probably wouldn't have changed, but it's such a bang bang play that if a guy gets blocked into, you know, and you can kind of block. Him in, into the guy. If that happens, they need to they need to review that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they they want to, but I'm just saying. I have no faith that they would have overturned it anymore. Anyway. I don't think so either in that case. But I do think that there's some times where it kind of gets a little muddy in there like that, and then yeah, so, no. And I, I mean, and that's that's
3: a turnover. That's what makes it so risky. Is yeah. again, the, the Cowboys didn't technically do
2: anything wrong, but the refs don't care. They saw the punter fly up in the air and they're hit trying, the ground, they're protecting him. You know. I've seen a lot worse, you know, where the, the foot doesn't come down all the way, just kind of hits a player, like in a back. Yeah. Not, not, he doesn't even go to the ground. It's just his foot can't come down, and they
1: call that as a 15 yard penalty. Yeah. Another thing that was interesting to me on this topic uh, Fossil said that it was his call. He makes a decision when he wants to try those kinds of things. My question for you guys is should it be? Um, is this, no. when you're the head coach, and you know you've got a, a special teams coordinator that tends to be aggressive, and and can do it at a lot of different points in a game. Is it a better situation for the coach to be the one either making those calls or making sure he has to check with him before making those calls if he's having if the head coach is responsible for managing the entire game and you're trying to play complimentary football? I love
3: the idea that the coordinator makes the call. The head coach should have a final say over whether it should happen i mean it's mike mccarthy's job to manage the ebbs and flows at the end of the at the end of the day yeah so i don't expect mike mccarthy to say i like this look this is where this is a good spot for this like that's john fossil's job to know the ins and outs of what their coverage looks like and stuff like that but he should click in and be like hey mike this is what we're thinking what do you think and mike's like yes or no if if he's making that call and the head coach is just as surprised as the rest of us about yeah. what happened? No, I don't like that at all. And
1: did you get that impression? Because that's the impression I got from the way he was talking was like, I just make the call. It's almost like you call in an offensive play or a defensive play from the offense or defensive coordinator, and you don't necessarily check with the coach on every call. Yeah. And it may like, seem like yeah. he just makes this call by himself without really – and I don't again. I don't know if that's the truth. That's just the way the impression I got. Well, from the the head
2: coach gets on there for everything and says, "Hey, let's." Yeah, I mean, know. it all happens in his ear. So I would imagine. But, but the that. head coach can get in there and say, "Hey, let's let's back off here. Let's let's get a safe return. You know, let's let's be smart here." But you know, you're also thinking too. Like, this is the difference between maybe going to get a touchdown and a field goal. You know, because you, you get the ball at your 15 yard line, you're probably going to get in range for a field goal. You get a punt block there, and even if you just recover it right there, you, now you're thinking, let's go get a touchdown. The problem is, you got a penalty. It should have been a six point swing three points off the board for you, three points for them. But they missed the field goal. Yeah. So, because of Fossil's great defensive block. You know, here, I got another issue with Fossil, too, and somebody pointed this out. <laughs> and another out. thing. <laughs> an- another thing. Okay, this aggressive guy wants to be aggressive. You know how many guys rushed the kicker for the uh, Buccaneers game-winning field goal? Uh, mm-hmm. Six, six out of the eleven. The mm-hmm. other five were kind of they pulled back at the last second. Jalen Smith's back there, obviously. The Bucks a good
1: shot. A good obviously, the
2: Bucks are going to run a fake there with two seconds to go, so they could you know instead of winning by three, they want to win. What I mean? Why aren't we sending eleven? Why aren't we sending eleven? And if we rough the we rough the kicker. That's one I don't understand. I thought wow. we were super aggressive here, trying to block a kick and win the game. That is a like if if there is a scenario where murdering the kicker is okay, that's right. that's Just it. Just go for it. Yeah. What's the worst
1: that's going to happen? Right. right. Yeah. Well,
2: he misses, and then you get to another fifteen and all that. But if you well, if you murdered it's, him, it's, like you said, then worth the a shot.
1: kicker. You don't have a kicker at this point. Your kicker's gone. <laughs> we took care of that.
2: <laughs> Everyone has a backup Heath, like a backup. That's right. <laughs> I wonder who the backup kicker for the Cowboys is. Well, because it'd be probably anger, but then you have a oh. backup Holder,
3: Cedric Wilson. He does everything else. I think. Micah I Parsons. Mm. Interesting.
1: Let's just probably throw three. him out there, let him do everything. Interesting. I don't I like see it. why not. He hasn't done. I, I not I don't think they found anything yet. He can't do. So keep giving him. I stuff think until Schultz he could do it?
2: I don't know. You I just think. Feel, I don't.
1: Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Okay. okay. Possible. All right. Let's uh, let's grab a phone call. We got a call from Matt in Jersey. Matt, what up? What's going on, breaks? What's, What's up, going Matt? On hey, how's it
4: going? Good. How uh, are you? Yeah, good, good. Had a great victory Monday. Um you really got on a fossil topic I was going to say because I am a fan and it's not what I want to see. <laughs> I mean, kind of cute like aggressive call gives I I like your point topic gives other teams something to look at down the year. But the but are these coaches a little bit surprised in the way this defense is playing from last year? They're not I don't know what they saw in camp. But what I'm seeing in these next in the in these first two weeks is a really really kind of a solid defense. You know, three and out right there. We got a couple three and outs. We got an interception earlier. We got another late interception. I'm just saying, why would you even attempt when the offense was rolling? I, I just can you tell me the score. At that particular time of the of the game, was it fourteen three or eleven? Right fourteen to eleven. 14, it was fourteen eleven, exactly. We're getting the ball back to take more time off the clock. Out of a, to be honest, Herbert is going to take over control of the league. Um, so, oh. honestly, we're taking the ball out of a really good passer's hand and putting it into our good passer's hand. And to call that play right there uh, is. is, is Dan Quinn a little upset that his defense got a three and out and then he has to come right back on the field.
3: All right, thanks for the call. Probably, I mean, I mean, good question. I'm
2: sure they're I'm not sure going to tell us that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not like, oh, all right, let's go do it again, guys. Let's go,
1: let's get back out there. We just did our job. We'll have to do it again. Well, which, let me which ask. They did. Let me ask you this question though, and I don't, I, I don't think and nothing that he said suggests that he had this much thought was put into it. But let's assume for a second. Could it have been a situation where they trust the defense enough to say, if something – this is worth the risk because if something does go bad, we've seen this defense can stiffen up, especially they can stiffen up when it comes to to not allowing a touchdown, so the risk is worth the possible reward. No. No, it's a
2: six-point swing because they – roughed him into field goal range. I mean, you got to expect it. And, and McCarthy, if he thinks his kicker could make a 60-yard kick in the middle of the Tampa game, then he probably thinks that the Chargers guy is going to make a 45-yarder. You know, you have to assume that. It's
3: stiffening so, up is, I mean, yeah, once the penalty is assessed, they're on the Dallas 39. They right. need five yards to be in makeable exactly. field and goal I range. Exactly, and I guess that
1: but that would be the, the calculation is – Well, it's a wrong I calculation. Think, well, but no, hold on. Right. Let, me, let me tell you the calculation. The calculation is – Worst case scenario, our defense will hold them from getting a touchdown. So the the risk here is that we give them three points. The reward would be – we could possibly get a touchdown. As you said earlier, yeah. you get a block, now you're in a position where you can actually get a touchdown. You don't have to just get a field goal. So that's where I think the calculation is coming. And by the way, I'm not saying this is what happened because nothing that John Fossil said suggests that he did that kind of calculation in his head. I'm just saying, would that have been a calculation that made all of us feel better about the decision if that's the way they thought about it? I
3: just want to maybe right. I'm giving Dakota too much credit. F- screw a field goal. Minute 53 with two timeouts? You can get in the end zone. Get in the end zone easy. Uh, so, no. And then I thought the caller, he didn't directly say this, but it, he brought up a point that I think is worth remembering as well. The Chargers were getting the ball after halftime. Mm-hmm. So you're risking, and lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. And you're like, if we mess this up, we're not touching the ball again, and then they get the ball at the start of the third quarter. I just, I just, there's, I don't think there's a way to swing it as the right thing to do. The it's Chargers never led
2: in the game, right? I don't think they did. No, they did not. I think they got they got ahead on the scoreboard for a second when they scored and then they took it off the board. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like no, they twice. They, they took the lead a couple times for twenty seconds and then the ref said no. Uh but no, they never Back officially never officially
1: had the lead. All right. Uh let's get a call from Devin in Pennsylvania. Devin, what up? Oh, All right, uh, we, we lost Devin. All right, um, you know, actually, I think that's gonna be a wrap for us. We were gonna get a couple calls, but I think that's a wrap. Uh, we will be back on tomorrow. We're gonna do some. Uh, we're gonna start getting you guys ready for Cowboys versus Eagles. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow about the Philadelphia offense versus Dallas defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman I'm Derek Eagles. And this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com
0: radio.